Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. And before we begin this week, I just want to level with you because you're our listeners and I think you deserve to hear it straight from the source. It's burnout week, guys. It's burnout week. <laughs> we are crispy fried toast and it is not podcast related. But by the time you hear this episode, Kelsey will have just gone on vacation. I will be blissfully on vacation myself. And, like, it's the end of the summer, and, like, it got really fucking hot around here recently, which is, like, cool and all, but now I'm all sweaty all the time. (laughs) We just have a lot going on. Nobody will give us enough hours in the day to podcast you guys constantly. Yeah, all we're trying to do is podcast all the time. All the time. But then, like, other people keep wanting us to do stuff, and it's really hard. It's so hard. (laughs) (sighs) So I just felt like we needed to clear that one up because it might give you some insight as we go about our day here together. I feel like I also want to clear up that if you're noticing that my audio quality is better, (laughs) it's because I noticed that for the past, like, I don't know, handful of episodes, two to five. I've been recording off of my MacBook and not off of my actual (laughs) microphone. (laughs) So picture some asshole sitting there talking to a mic that isn't on. (laughs) And that's what I've been doing. I hadn't made that connection yet. (laughs) (laughs) So sorry for your ears. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) oh that's beautiful kelsey oh what a life choice there's just a lot going on over here so all of that said uh thanks for being here we like you and uh, like you today we are gonna do a podcast roundup we're gonna get all meta and shit and (laughs) talk to you about some podcasts that we like Also, we're lazy. (laughs) And also, we're super fucking lazy. And we were like, what's some shit that we do that we don't have to do anything to talk about? Oh, yeah. (laughs) We listen to podcasts. This is like when the TV show right after Sweeps Week does like a clip show. (laughs) (laughs) It's exactly what's happening. Basically what's happening. (laughs) Um, So we're going to do that. And uh, hopefully you'll learn about podcasts, and hopefully you'll tweet us, and we'll learn about podcasts, and that's the whole segment, folks. Uh, (laughs) And then (laughs) last week, we started a two-part series about formative media, so media that shaped Kelsey and I's lives, and I ranted for a little while about developmental psychology, and it was super chill. So today is part two of that series, and we are going to be talking about our, like, middle school to teenage years and sort of where that left us in adulthood. Yeah, it'll be great. And guys, if you have things you want us to talk about, please tell us. Please, dear Lord, tell us. Sometimes we're like, shit, what the fuck do we talk about? Sometimes we're at a Chick-fil-A in Nashua, (laughs) and and we just feel so lost and alone. So lost and alone. (laughs) So if there's something you want us to hate watch, if there's something you want us to joyfully hate watch our joy, I don't know how that grammatically will work, but... (laughs) If you want to hate watch our joy. Yeah. If you want to hate watch our joy. If you want us to hate watch your joy. If you want us to hate you. (laughs) 
There are endless options here, guys. <laughs> We're pretty flexible and adaptable as human beings, so, you know, just try us. See where yeah. it gets you. Yeah. We'll make it happen. We're looking for friends. And we will always prioritize listener suggestions, because this show's for you. <laughs> Is it? I mean, some sometimes. Some days. <laughs> not, not today, necessarily. <laughs> We're going to talk about us for this whole episode now. <laughs> yeah, scrap everything. Let's just hang out for an hour. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's talk about podcasts. Let's yeah, podcast speaking of, podcasts. of hanging out on the radio. Yeah. Before we get to, like, individual suggestions, what are you looking for in a podcast there, Kels? So I listen to 100% of my podcasts in the car. Yep. Yeah, you're a commuter-only listener. Yeah, because I spend, like, 95% of my life commuting. (laughs) So what I'm looking for is something reliable that I don't have to go searching for, so something that's going to be interesting every single week. I'm looking for, I really like podcasts that hit, like, right in that 45 minutes to an hour Mm -hmm. time frame, which I... No, we don't always hit, so sorry. We're close but enough. Maybe some people like it longer. Um, that's, that's what, she, what said. she said. And <laughs> <laughs> um, and I look for it to be fun and light. I don't look for news necessarily. I don't look for politics necessarily. I don't look for anything that I have to use my brain for too much, unless it's for something that I'm interested in. So. My, like, side project interests, you guys know, because we have this podcast, <laughs> things like TV and culture and media criticism and general nerdery are things that I'm interested in. So if a podcast wants to give me that, I'm here for it. Nice. What about you? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in a similar boat. The biggest difference is that I listen to podcasts when I'm at work, which is super bizarre, and I, I know that, but... I get, like, a really limited amount of desk time during the week, and during that time, it's really difficult for me to focus. And now that I'm in a shared office space, it's hard to focus with just music, which used to be fine. But in the current environment I'm in, I find that I need, like, other humans' voices to drown out the voices of the humans in my workspace. Mm -hmm. Which is, like, to say nothing of the people in my workspace who I like very much, but... It's hard to focus when there are six other people also trying to focus around you. (laughs) So podcasts have become like my new norm as I work. So the problem there is that while I don't have a ton of extended time at my desk, I do have like pretty long periods at my desk or I also have to like drive around town a lot for my job. So I listen in the car a lot as I'm going like on my 45 trips up and down the hill every day. (laughs) Um, So my biggest issue is finding shows with a backlog because I do listen to a lot of political shows and like those are not fun to listen to the backlog because like the event of the day has already happened. Yeah. And we're so far past, you know, whatever has just happened in Washington that day or whatever. I do listen to a lot of pop culture podcasts, which we'll get into in depth, but I feel like that is a podcast genre that's, like, kind of hurting for content right now. Mm-hmm. Like, right now seems to be, like, a tough time in that genre. Well, I would clarify for, like, generalized pop culture. Yeah, yeah, which 
we'll get into that. That's going to come up when we get into All right. recommendations. All right. Um, then I have a few history, like general knowledge, like trivia type podcasts. But those are hard to listen to because I'm like, as you said, I'm not always trying to think. Like I have a pretty mentally intensive job, so I'm not always trying to like use my brain. So then I come to my category of podcasts that are really just white noise, where it's like, if I catch a joke here and there, it's done its job for the last hour. Mm -hmm. And I have a couple of those. My biggest problem is similar to you. I don't like to have to search podcasts. So not to get ahead of ourselves, but one podcast I can't stand is The Moth. And it's unfortunate because I like a lot of the stories that people, you know, are presenting in The Moth. But because each episode is like three different stories and they don't do a great job of warning you what's to come, there are times where the episode I thought I was getting into is not the episode I was in. Yeah. (laughs) If that makes sense. Yep. One time uh, my husband and I were driving somewhere. It was like a three-hour trip for some reason. And we were listening to an episode about parenting. And it said something in the description about like hilarious parenting stories. And we were like, oh, great. And so the first one was really funny. It was about this dude and his mom and whatever. And then the next two were, like, different versions of, like, one of them was a kid losing a parent to some horrific illness, and the other one was a parent losing a kid. Mm -hmm. And I was like, they were both traumatic stories. Like, they both made me tear up in the car. And I was like, this is not what I signed up for today. Right. So I'm really not trying to get scooped by my podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's what I'm getting into. I think the one category that I also just can't get behind for whatever reason is, like, fictional storytelling Mm. ones. No, I can't get there. I've really tried with Welcome to Night Vale. Mm -hmm. I tried with uh, the Gimlet one that I can't think of, Homecoming. Mm. It's like, it's fine, but why? Well, I, (laughs) interestingly, for as much podcast content as I consume, I can't get down with audiobooks. Like, audiobook is not a format that works for me. And so for me, fiction feels too much like audiobook. And I do listen to audiobooks in the car. Yeah, which is super funny. I feel like it's too hard (laughs) to pick up where you left off. I just can't do it. The only audiobook I've listened to is Yes, Please by Amy Poehler, which I was obsessed with. But uh, that was also during a period of time where I was working a lot. And so I listened to it over the course of three nights. That was also a book meant for an audiobook. Yes. Because she got to read it, she had all the other people on, it was fun. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. But I digress. Yeah. We can (laughs) gush about Amy Poehler at a later date. Yeah, we will. Don't worry, guys. It'll happen. We do all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So, all of that said, what are you listening to right now? I'm gonna scoop you. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, I'm gonna mention what is, I think, our favorite combined podcast. (sighs) And then, <laughs> that was such a sigh. <laughs> so Do you want to say it, Kirsty? No, it's fine. It'll just be a Slack message wasted, but whatever. <laughs> it's not like I tried to coordinate this at noon today. Fine. No, you did not. Yeah. Huh? I got no slacks from you about this. Uh, I beg to differ. I will send receipts. You keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. All right. Um, so, the podcast's favorite podcast is Appointment Television. Oh, you went a different direction than than I was thinking. I don't know what you were thinking. I know what I was thinking. This is... <laughs> Just... <laughs> Let me speak, Kirsty. 
<laughs> so ATV is hosted by three TV fans slash one professional mm-hmm. <laughs> critic. Um, so it's Catherine Van Arendach, who we've mentioned before, Margaret Willison, who we've mentioned before, and Andrew. You nope. almost said his twin handle. <laughs> I know. I'm like, Andrew Wright. So what the fuck's his name? <laughs> no, that's not his name. Cunningham? Andrew Dick Jokes Cunningham. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would be such an honorific to him. <laughs> hey, Andrew, if you're out there. <laughs> so, this podcast is a weekly podcast. It's roughly 45 minutes long each episode. And they talk about the television you'd like to make time for, right? Yep. Look at that product placement. Yeah, like, could you get that slogan in there? <laughs> Margaret would be so proud right now. This would, like, blow Margaret's mind. So I love this podcast because it is about friendship and television, my two favorite things. Aww. They have great taste. Yes. They are very intelligent. And just a lot of fun. And it's like you're eavesdropping on a conversation with people that you really want to be friends with. But yeah. you can't be because of the internet and podcasts <sighs> and things. And no I, one wants us to be happy. <laughs> no one. No one ever. I've described it on multiple occasions as basking in the golden glow of friendship. Yes. Because as Kelsey just said, it literally feels like you're just sitting in a room with three people who are madly in love with each other. Mm-hmm. Just like a great feeling. And they're just so smart. I just want to emphasize. I've learned so much from them. Like, I've learned more from Catherine in particular about, like, media theory and media criticism than I've learned since I was in college. Mm Mm-hmm. They do a lot of fun things. They do book clubs, which are hit or miss for me, but Kirstie, I know you really like them. I do. Well, and that, for me, is where their friendship really shines through, because there are plenty of times when they do a TV book club that I'm, like, I'm never going to watch that show. Like, they did Fargo, and that took, like, 20 episodes, not actually. But it felt like it. And it was, like, a lot. But I'm just so obsessed with their friendship and the way that they talk to each other and interact that it was so fun. <laughs> Even though I get yeah. no flying fucks about Fargo. That's fair. Um, they also do TV versus TV from time to time mm-hmm. where they go head to head and that's really fun. They have a judge's wig that they mail to each other so that the judge gets to wear the wig while they record. <laughs> <laughs> they have custom cocktails, which I'm a little jealous of. <laughs> yeah, they're just real, real great. Real great. That's my number one recommendation. Uh, should I mention some episodes that I'm a fan of or do you want to yeah. go first? Yeah, I can no. give you the honors. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, we're going to give you guys a few uh, recommendations if you're new to the shows as a general outline for how this segment's going to go. <laughs> so my top recommendation for us personally is episode 80, which is This Is Us, Kate Edition, and A Quick Visit to Riverdale. That was a good one. It's important because towards the end of it, they shout at Kirsty. <laughs> yes, I did get a personal shout out. <laughs> and then it resulted in a Twitter war. It's because I maybe suggested that she leave an iTunes review that was real, real funny. I stand by that. <laughs> the best part is that it was Kelsey's iTunes review. It was my idea. Because <laughs> she had already, they were doing this thing for people who left iTunes reviews. And Kelsey had already reviewed. And then she was like, fuck, this is the best review. And I was like, I'm here. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but the beauty of it was that 
as much as that was my idea, Kirstie carried it through to a beautiful Twitter exchange <laughs> that I couldn't have facilitated if I tried. <laughs> yeah, I uh, had to bestow judgment and a sentence upon our gracious friend hosts because they missed a reference that I made. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Some other episodes that I'll call out quickly, episodes 38 through 42 are their Great British Bake Off book mm-hmm. club for season one on Netflix. And that's pretty important for reasons that I think you guys understand by now. <laughs> that's one of the places where I first learned about Great British Bake Off. Catherine is where I learned about Grand Design. So they just have good taste in... And they're the reason that we ended up watching Jane the Virgin for Pilot Palooza. Yep. So we have them to thank for a lot of the biggest shows in our lives. For basically our whole lives, yeah. Basically everything. Uh, and then the last one I will call out is episode 34, which is Sorting Jane the Virgin, the Americans Book Club, and hashtag Wine Stunts. <laughs> it's a wonderful episode. They do a sorting exercise that I'm a fan of in general, talking about like Harry Potter sorting. Yep. And then Wine Stunts is <laughs> the result of my favorite mini episode, which was ATV, APB, Wine Matthews, and Pinot Noir. Yeah, that was great. Where they learn about the line show, which has recently become important to me, <laughs> and have to tell us immediately, which I appreciate, because that was the urgency that I felt when I heard about it. <laughs> and then they also learn about the Pinot Noir, Titus Andromedon wine, and then in the Wine Sense episode, episode 34, Andrew drinks a whole bottle of it over like, the course of two episodes. And it's wonderful. It was so beautiful. Andrew, we do like you, even though we can't remember your last name sometimes. Aw, Andrew. so that's my hit list for ATV do you have anything to add? yeah the ones that I'll add are episode 70 the Christmas special because they give some time to favorite Christmas movies which I think is like an underappreciated genre and as we mentioned they have fantastic taste so most of their time was spent on those really wild like animatronic doll ones from like the 70s you know like Santa Claus is coming to Mm -hmm. town the fuck there's Rudolph there we go I was like, there's a deer. (laughs) One of those things. Yeah, and then Margaret and Andrew get into a giant fight over the snowman, which is a movie that I grew up with, like, speaking of formative media. Me too! So I really appreciated Margaret, like, going to task over that movie because, like, game recognized game. (laughs) Um, They also did um, a TV book club for Cranford, Mm -hmm. and all of those are hilarious, Margaret and Catherine both studied English literature or some shit in college, and so this show hits them in, like, a very personal place, and Andrew doesn't get it, and it's amazing. (laughs) So they both, like, will team up on him and harass him about, like, the history of England. (laughs) Um, And then the last shout-out I'll give is, I want to say it was episode 59, I'd have to double-check, but right after the election, Margaret did, like, a a mini intro before the start of the episode, sort of voicing her thoughts and concerns. And it was, I think, like, really articulate. And I appreciated her, like, taking a stance in a podcast, because I think, especially one with a small audience, that can be a risky move. And there are some podcasts that we listen to that have said outright that they will not do so, because they want to be about pop culture and, like, not alienate their audience. And I don't know. I appreciate people taking stances because I think it all impacts pop culture and how you experience it. So, yeah, kudos to them. I appreciate everything that they do. And, like, if we're being completely honest, Hate Watch is, like, the cheap bootleg of ATV. Like, we've modeled our whole podcast on ATV. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. 
It's true. We're the fourth Olsen twin. (laughs) (laughs) We are. So do you want to go next with the podcast to recommend to our I want to go next with the podcast that I thought you were going to scoop me on, which is why I was so stressed. And I'm going to recommend Pop Culture Happy Hour. Wow. You were... I'm surprised. Yes. So PCHH was like one of the first podcasts that I actually got deep into. Mm -hmm. It's another podcast that I think is like a a little bit about friendship. Um, It's hosted by NPR, so it's it's a professional gig, right? Yeah. These are all humans who have legitimate jobs, and this is done in like a studio, and they're way more legit than any of us. (laughs) But so it's hosted by Linda Holmes, who writes for the blog Monkey See. Um, which is pop culture blog, Stephen Thompson, who's a music writer for NPR, and Glenn Weldon, who is a comic books writer for NPR. Is he still? I feel like something he, happened. He's like a, like a general, like, jack of all trades in the pop culture sphere at NPR now. Yeah. And I love that. Like a year ago, his job description at NPR changed, and it was like a whole existential crisis on Twitter. And then every episode, they have a fourth chair. And actually, Margaret Willison from ATV is often a fourth chair. But the fourth chair is, like, various different people who they're friends with from NPR who are all super smart people and who do, like, all kinds of different types of reporting and writing at NPR. Yeah. So it's always a really intelligent discussion about, like, they do a lot of movies that are out. Like, this is really the only podcast that I listen to that has anything to do with cinema. But they do TV shows. They do occasionally, like, books. Every once in a while, like, particularly after South by, Stephen will have something to say about music. Yeah. And then they've just changed format. So at the end of their Friday episodes, they have a segment called What's Making Us Happy, mm-hmm. where they just go around the table and just, like, throw out something random from the culture that's making them happy. And so sometimes it's books. Sometimes it's a random comic. Sometimes it's a stupid song anything. And that's a really fun thing because it's nice to see the other media people are consuming. That is what I'm here for. Yes, that's what we're <laughs> all here for. And it's roundtable and like, give me roundtable or give me death. <laughs> you do feel very strongly about roundtable. Yeah, fuck interview. I hate interview formats. Fuck I do too. Noise. I'm only here for roundtable. I love PCHH particularly with their old format, so I'm a little upset about the new format, but maybe I'll survive. <laughs> because they're very they're very strict on their timeline, so it's like 45 minutes on the dot every Friday morning. I mean, and in fairness to everybody involved, they have a producer sitting in a booth, like, speeding them along and giving them cues. Sure, sure. But then, because it's such a tight timeline, they spend just enough time on a topic that whether or not you're interested, you'll often still carry through to the next topic or, yeah. listen, or bother to listen at all. Yep. So I don't care about, like whatever blockbuster superhero movie is out, but it's enough that I'll still listen. And I feel like it gives me enough of uh, working knowledge of whatever it is that people are talking about that I feel informed and I can participate in a conversation. Yeah. Which I really like. Yeah, it definitely has the power of, like, explaining memes to me without meaning to. Like, just because, as you're saying, they give you just enough information that you can then understand like what tumblr is joking about or whatever yeah it's a bad example i'm not on tumblr anymore (laughs) whatever yeah and and they're again like they're all good friends so we follow all of them on twitter and like they're constantly talking to each other and they're constantly making jokes with each other and so in case you haven't noticed a theme like that's also a thing that we're here for oh yeah 
Speaking of which, my favorite episode is, it's from, uh, I want to say not last Super Bowl. No, it's but like the one two before. Super ago. So that would have been Super Bowl of 2015, I believe. You don't know the number, Kirsty? Super Bowl XLIV76. <laughs> <laughs> I had this moment of panic, like, wait, what, what number? <laughs> I gave Sports! You sports. <laughs> I, I don't do the sports ball. <laughs> Seriously, that joke is offensive. <laughs> um, so going going back to your point here, what so, happened on that Super Bowl for the the Super Bowl? Um, <laughs> was that the Super Bowl being dropped? I just dropped my Super Bowl. <laughs> um, so for the Super Bowl of some such year. They used to do, I haven't seen them do it in a long time, but they used to do episodes called Small Batch, which would come out in the middle of the week. Yeah. And it was like a 15-minute episode. Um, so they did a Small Batch right before the Super Bowl about Super Bowl snacks. And they just went around the table and talked about their favorite party snacks. And that was the episode where we learned that Steven has an annual tradition that he's been doing since he was, like, in college called the Chicken Bowl, <laughs> where people just make a million different kinds of chicken wings and then it's a competition to see who can eat the most. And he, like, went into great detail about the importance of room setup in Chicken Bowl and making sure that you have, like, different zones of the house for a Super Bowl party in general. Mm-hmm. But, like, as it related to Chicken Bowl and, like, making sure you had enough chicken types in different parts of the house. And then he makes a really charming joke about it getting sadder and sadder as, like, people get older and older. <laughs> um, that I had been trying to get into Pop Culture Happy Hour for a while, and that was the episode that sold me. I love that. So, go back and listen to it. Small batch about Super Bowl snacks. That was a really great episode. I love that. They also just did one about that space movie, Valerian. Valerian. Yeah. Whatever. I always get confused because it, it's the same as that language in Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, that was a good episode, too. Get you a Valerian that can do both. <laughs> my bliss right now on that yes queen gif <laughs> <laughs> I literally only pull out that joke for you Kirstie mm-hmm. <laughs> I pulled like two episodes of pop culture happy hour that I recall enjoying um, they're all enjoyable but two in particular there was a live show I think um, that was romantic comedies with Kumail Nanjiani. Mm. That was really great because, as we all know, I like rom-coms. <laughs> and that was where I first learned about The Big Sick. And it was pretty fun. Another one that I really liked was HGTV and cooking shows, obviously. Yep. And the third thing I wanted to highlight was just any episode that involves a quiz. Yes. Linda puts together these really fantastic quiz games, and they're super fun and cringy and great, and I love them. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's a great show. You want to know what my least favorite episode is? Oh no, what? It's the episode where they do Parks and Rec. I have never been hungrier for more content than I oh, am. No. And I've listened to that episode like three times for some reason that's not clear to me. But mm-hmm. 
every time they finish the Parks and Rec segment, that's where I really see the flaw in their particular format and their timekeeping because they each only get like two sentences on the subject. Yeah. And like Parks and Rec deserves more than like 10 minutes. However, as we alluded to earlier, there is a huge drought in podcasts that are generalized for pop culture. Sure. So based on just sticking to your guns of of your format. Yeah. Like, I think I can forgive them for that transgression. <laughs> Fair enough. And, I mean, we teased this at the beginning of this conversation, but Pop Culture Happy Hour recently changed their format. So instead of being one hour-ish long episode a week, it's two shorter episodes. So Tuesday and Friday. Mm-hmm. Pluses and minuses to it. Supposedly, if you listen to them both together on Friday, it mimics the experience of getting the whole episode together. Mm. However, they've added Mm. cold opens and they've added, or everyone has a little bit more time to talk, which is like good, especially given the rant that I just had about Parks and Rec. But I think to the point Kelsey made at the beginning of this promo, like one thing that's really nice about it is it is so tidy and tight Mm -hmm. and I don't know, maybe, like, if I had never listened to the show before the format change, I wouldn't care. Yeah, and I have a very personal issue that on Friday mornings in particular, I can get to work in roughly 50 minutes, and now with the new format change, sometimes their episodes go over. Yeah, yeah. And that's unacceptable to me. (laughs) But I do have, like, almost a, like, a Pavlovian response to hearing their theme song at this point on Friday mornings. I'm like, it's Friday. This is great. It's so funny. I feel like there are several theme songs that you have Pavlovian responses to. (laughs) (laughs) That may be true. (laughs) So should we uh, move this podcast along? Yeah. What else you got? Uh, I've got Reply All. I was just getting my Reply All episodes right now. Perfect. Yeah. Reply All is a podcast loosely based around the internet. It kind of goes up and down. So there's, it's hosted Mm -hmm. by Alex Goldman and PJ Vogt. Thank you. I'm never going to get these names. (laughs) And they do a mix of of things. Sometimes they are goofy. Sometimes they are serious reporters. It depends on the day. They have a handful of producers that do a lot of reporting as well. The majority of the reporting lately. Yeah. But they're a lot of fun. They're like longtime friends who do this podcast, so they have some good rapport between them. They are pretty segmented. And my favorite recurring ones are Yes, Yes, No. Yep. Where they explain a meme of some sort or like a tweet coded with many memes to their boss. And they try to get to yes, yes, yes of understanding. (laughs) And the other segment I'm super here for is super tech support. Yeah. Several of the example episodes I pulled out are super tech support examples. Do you want to shout out your examples? Sure. So the last two episodes, 103 and 102... Yeah. Are a continuation of the same story. They're so good. They're really good. Alex uh, is investigating a scam phone call company from India, and it it gets weird. Uh, So that was a good one. 99, Black Hole, New Jersey, is about a, like, shipping company that is essentially, like, stealing people's stuff during the fulfillment process and shipping it abroad. That's a fascinating episode and it's, it's in a similar vein, actually, to the ones about the call center in India. Yeah. International scams and whatnot. Episode 77 is um, the Grand Tapestry of Pepe, which has a yes, yes, no about Pepe memes. Yeah. 
But they, like, go in and investigate, like, why Pepe was a thing that happened to the internet. Number 76, Lost in a Cab, is about taxi scams Mm -hmm. um, and scammers who use fake taxi websites to get money out of people who've lost shit in cabs. That's a fun one. Two more. Uh, Episode 45, The Rainbow Pug. So this is about a woman who, like, accidentally gave up her pug. And then it ended up for adoption, and they were, like, trying to get the dog back, basically. Mm -hmm. And episode seven, going way back to the beginning, is this website is for sale, and it's a giant investigation of website domains. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are all good ones. Yeah. Yeah, Reply All's really good if you want to, like, learn a thing or two, but have it be really fun and light and about the internet and a little nerdy. In addition to long distance, I also called out number 82, which is Hello, which is one where they took phone calls for 48 hours straight, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, They had just like a call line set up and you could talk to them about whatever you wanted. And they, that was really fascinating. We both wanted to call in and check it out. I didn't have anything to say, but apparently it didn't matter by the end of it. Yeah. That was just like an interesting experiment in life. Yeah. And then for super tech support, I highlighted number 53 in the desert. Mm. It's about the way that uh, uh, the word's not coming to me. <laughs> some some technical thing that I'm losing. My Is that the one with cell phone signal? And how yeah, like, everyone's it's like, about find how... my iPhone like leads to this one guy's house. Yeah, what's the word for your... IP. IP address. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's so cool. they're all defaulted, I guess, to this one place in the middle of the country. And so these people who actually live there are like, why do people keep coming from my house looking for their phones? We don't have their phones. Uh, so it goes into that. And it came up randomly in conversation with someone. I don't know who, but I knew the answer because of Reply All. That's awesome. Yeah, so they did a, a big episode about like phishing scams. And they like, not only fished their boss, who's the one they always have to do yes, yes, no's for, but they ended up fishing like the CEO of their company. Mm-hmm. And it was good because like everyone out there, and this was the point of the episode, everyone out there in these are modern times thinks that they're safe from phishing scams, but phishing scams are super sophisticated these days and no one is safe. Yeah, they seem to be moving into this like Superman for the everyman on the internet type of yeah. positioning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I'm here for it. Yeah, we all need it, I think. Yeah. You want to throw a a show out there? Yeah, my next one is kind of dry, but it's a podcast from the Washington Post called Presidential. Yeah. And they did it from sometime in January of 2016 to November of 2016. It ran for 44 weeks because of the number of presidents and ended the week of the election. And it basically chronicles the life and legacy of each president. And the Mm -hmm. whole point of it is that there's, like, a series of presidents in, like, the 1800s that everyone, like, knows nothing about. And then it was also recognizing that then there are the presidents that everyone knows stuff about, like Washington and Lincoln. And it was questioning, like, for the ones we know about, how much of the legacy that sticks in our, like, cultural memory is true or valid and how much are we missing? And for the ones that we know nothing about, like, what should we know? Mm-hmm. Um, so two interesting episodes are the one on Garfield and Taft. Okay. Both random presidents that, like, everyone forgets about. But Garfield's story is really interesting. How he came to power is interesting. And I didn't know that he was assassinated. And he was assassinated, yeah. like, pretty early into office. So 
that's really interesting. Um, and then Taft also has an interesting story and was like really not that interested in coming to power or having it and was like driven by everyone else in his family. And like, it's fascinating to think about someone becoming president who might not have wanted to because that would never happen in this day and age. <laughs> um, and so especially for the earlier presidents, there's a lot of stuff about like their marriages and their relationships. And then there's like some fun cultural tidbits, like for the very early presidents, there's a little bit of time spent on like, you know, figuring out how to host state dinners with monarchs when you are no longer a monarchy. Yeah. And there's a little bit of stuff about first ladies and the role that they've played. There's a little bit of stuff about like the history of the vice presidency. So you get, it's it's a good thing to listen to if you have a half hour to kill and want to be brushed up for trivia. Nice. Yeah. All right. I'm going to do one more because we're going real long on this segment. <laughs> I'm going to be the producer today. I'm going to do one more and then I'll just shout my list out for the rest. Cool. So my last one is 99% Invisible, which is hosted by Roman Mars, who is the Kevin McLeod of radio podcasts. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. They actually got Roman Mars to do a voiceover for one of the episodes of Presidential. Look at that. Yep. Just crossover shit. <laughs> so if you want a podcast with a good backlog, this is definitely the one. It's been on for a real long time. They do very short segments, roughly 30 minutes, about architecture, infrastructure, design, sound, things that are in your everyday life, but things you don't often think about. It's super interesting. I always get a new episode and I just know I'm going to learn something interesting. I don't necessarily have any knowledge of what they're going to talk about, but... Uh, it's very different than anything else I listen to, and the attention to, like, sound detail is very interesting in this show. Hmm. Some of my- I have a lot of favorite episodes because I feel like I learn a new piece of, like, Jeopardy trivia every time I listen. Yeah. But some of my favorites are H-Day, which is about when the whole country of Sweden, my motherland, hmm. switched from driving on the left side of the road to the right side of the road. Oh, fuck. In one day. Oh my with god. No incidents. That's wild. Mm-hmm. There is one called Separation Anxiety about how they do trash collection in South Korea. Hmm. Which is fascinating. There is one with McMansion Hell. <laughs> I'm very, one of our very, favorite very, blogs. Very here for. There's one about the sound of sports and how sports productions capture uh, different sounds and different types of microphones that they use, which was interesting to me, but probably not to you, but maybe. <laughs> and then there was one that was like the introduction for me to 90% Invisible about flying food, which is about how they do like mostly fast food, but really all food for advertising and how that started. Mm. Uh, so it really runs the gamut, as you may be able to tell. Sometimes it's historical, sometimes it's just, like, shit you see on the street and you never thought about before. It's real fun, real interesting, and you don't have to commit to anything because it doesn't last longer than, like, 25 minutes. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna hit you with my rest of my list. Ready. The podcast, which is a lot of baseball and sometimes fun drafts with Michael Schur, so I'm just here for the drafts with Michael Schur. <laughs> Schmanners with some McElroys. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm shocked that you listen to a McElroy property. I don't like it. <laughs> but you like, listen to it. I just have beef with the McElroys. She has so much beef with the McElroys. Oh, God, I just can't stand them. 
But I listen to their podcasts, so whatever. You're so wild. Vulture TV podcast, especially the old shit with Margaret Lyons. Although that one has just ended because there's right now, like, a move away from, like, general interest podcasting, which is unfortunate. Yeah. I don't think it'll last forever, but it's unfortunate. Right. We've mentioned Nerdette recaps Game of Thrones with Peter Sagal before. Oh, fuck yeah. Gotta mention that. How I Built This, uh, which is an NPR production, is sometimes interesting. It's about how, like, different businesses were founded, and they talked to the people who came up with their, at the time, idea that pushed boundaries in the industry. Hmm. And then there's a new one that Radiotopia's put together called Radiotopia Showcase. Hmm. There's only one episode out right now, but basically they're taking ideas of podcasts that are interesting for a few episodes but wouldn't be sustainable for a full podcast and giving them a platform. Oh, fun. Yeah. And then I'm also going to call out Beer with Geeks with our friend Frank, who may or may not be listening to the episode. <laughs> but who's like an independent podcaster hero. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you want to hit me with some of yours? Yeah. You, you get one more because I, I scooped you. <laughs> I only have a couple more, actually. Like, as much as I listen to podcasts, my list is like pretty short because I've been disappointed a few times. But uh, I listen to Reveal, which comes out on Saturdays, and I appreciate Saturday podcasts, but it's Hmm. an investigative journalism podcast, and they have covered a whole bunch of crazy shit. My favorite episode was the one about, like, sexual crime related to the pot industry in California. But they cover a whole bunch of stuff, and they're really great. Pod Save America and Pod Save the People are two of my favorite political podcasts. Mm-hmm. Pots of America is a bunch of former Obama communications people and speechwriters, and they are hilarious. And uh, John Leva is my like co-host soulmate. And what? Um, I also have a crush on John Favreau. Um, and then DeRay, I can't remember his last name from Pod Save the People, is just like ridiculously intelligent. Um, and I wish I had his brain. Rose Buddies is a McElroy show about The Bachelor, but in between Bachelor seasons, they, like, cobble together other dating TV, (laughs) and that's my favorite time on the show, is actually in between seasons. Um, And then my backlog show right now, which I'm about to finish, which is, like, bittersweet, is My Brother, My Brother, and Me. And this is what I was referencing earlier when I said that if a show gives me a couple jokes an hour that I catch, I'm happy. Because this is one that I just put on when I'm doing paperwork and answering emails and, like, I may or may not be listening, but I'll hear something inappropriate once in a while, and that makes me smile. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Even though it's McElroy's. Yeah, even though it's McElroy's. Nice. Yeah. Um, I have a few others that I listen to. If you guys are interested in hearing more about them, you can find us on Twitter at HateWatchWithUs. I know Kelsey also listens to way more podcasts than we named here today. We're also both always looking for more content. So if you have suggestions, send those to us on Twitter. You can also send us more stuff on email, heywatchthis at gmail.com, whatever <laughs> format works best for you. But yeah, tell us what you're listening to. We like podcasts. Yeah. Hopefully, maybe we directed you to some of our favorites. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Since that was the point of this segment. <laughs> Since that's how recommendations work. Hey! <laughs> Transitions are hard. <laughs> hey, we were here to do a job and we did it, all right? We, we did it. <laughs> All right, now that we've spent a gazillion hours on podcasts, let's dive into Formative Media 2.0. 2.0. So as you may remember from last week, if you listened, we talked a little bit about the fact that pop culture shapes your worldview. 
And there's like developmental theory that supports that. And there's like media theory that supports it. And the bottom line is that the stuff you engage with, you're learning from. What? Right? It's crazy. (laughs) Um, You'd be surprised, though, how many people have found that to be earth shattering. (laughs) Including me in college, who even with a developmental psych background, didn't believe that there was no such thing as a passive audience. That's a story (laughs) for another day. So that's where we're coming from. Last week, we talked about the stuff that shaped our early childhood. Go back and give that a listen at some point if you're interested in learning more about us as people. So now we're going to bridge that gap and jump ahead to like middle school and high school. So Kelsey, why don't you start us off? All right. So I'm going to start with computer games because I ended with that last time. Great. The only computer games I played in middle school slash high school time frame, which I think is what we're working with here, yep. are Roller Coaster Tycoon and The Sims. Yeah, tack on SimCity there for me and you've got my whole list. Mm-hmm. SimCity 3000 to be exact. I never had SimCity, but I'm into, like, new SimCity. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Symptoms of Sims. Um, <laughs> I'm into new SimCity spinoffs, like cities. Yeah. We can talk about this in, like, a whole segment, probably, but I am obsessed with the revival of the tycoon genres. So, like, the city skylines. Um, God, let's talk about that. Planet Coaster. Yeah, we'll put it in the spreadsheet. Yes! It's, that has been a genre revival that has brought so much joy to my heart. Good job, game developers. We're proud of you. Yes! All right. <laughs> now I'm the gif. <laughs> so I'll give you... I'll give you something more serious now. In addition to reading Harry Potter, there was a book that I read in the fifth grade called Bloom Ability that is the same book that someone else in my class was reading, and they are one of my, like, longest known best friends. Hmm. And that's how we met, because we were reading the same book. Aww. So that's important to me. What else? Not to make you feel slighted, Kirstie. I didn't know you then. (sighs) I never get to be your best friend. You are. <laughs> I said one of. <laughs> How does it God. feel to be on the other side, Kelsey? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, Kirsty. <laughs> oh God. Um. <laughs> so so great. Um. So television is a. Well, I'll do movies first. I'm gonna do movies first. Movies were simple. It was, like, the Star Wars series, the Pirates of the Caribbean series, and Harry Potter series. I'm so curious about your connection to Pirates of the Caribbean. I still actually think the first one holds up. Really? As a standalone piece of media, it never needed sequels. I'm with you there. It It was fine on its own. Yes. I, we should talk about this. I'm not convinced it stands up. (laughs) I think it's, like, fun and different for what it was going for at the time. Fair, fair, fair. This is one that made it onto my list, too, under my category of stuff I watched a lot because it was an important movie in my friend group. All of my friends to this day are still, like, super, super obsessed with it. Um, And it was one that, like, they would, you know, yell quotes from in the locker room and stuff like that. Yeah. So. I don't think it stands up in that way. I don't think it's particularly quotable. Okay. However, I think, like, As an individual piece of media, it's fine. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, like, if we're gonna be, like, real talk, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone doesn't stand up on its own. Let's not talk about Chamber of Secrets. Fuck you, Chris Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> you guys will have to join us for Columbus Day to uh, get the full scoop there. Yeah, that was a light preview. <laughs> uh, to explain Star Wars, I only found out about it in middle school. <laughs> I mean, if it makes you feel better, I still haven't technically found out about it. Really? I've seen, like, a Star Wars, maybe two. A Star Wars. <laughs> Go see a Star Wars. Yeah. I'm glad you picked up what I was putting down. Yes, I did. Yeah. Well, yeah, so I learned about Star Wars in middle school, so that was a big deal to me. And that was when the prequels were in their heyday, so great timing. Uh, I almost got kicked out of the IMAX screening of Attack of the Clones because we made fun of it. <laughs> Hate watching at an early age. For a line that has become a meme in 2017. (laughs) (laughs) To be clear, it's way ahead of the curve. Oh my god. Besides those, I think TV makes up the rest of this. Shocker. Mm. I was thinking about Nickelodeon at first because that's, I've sort of got Nickelodeon in like the fourth grade, fifth grade in that range. Yep. So I had to do some catching up on like Rugrats and things that people were into when I was younger and I didn't know about just to, mm-hmm. so I was up on the cultural conversation. Uh, I watched a lot of Hey Arnold, Spongebob, Rocket Power. Oh, Rocket Power. That should have been on my list. Mm-hmm. Oh, I fucking loved Rocket Power. I loved Rocket Power. I Ugh. play Splatoon now, and I think about Rocket Power every time I me play it. Me too! I think I ruined Splatoon for Danny because I said it reminded me of Rocket Power, and he hates Rocket Power. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Whoops. Also, I was into The Amanda Show and all that, and I think this was around the time where it started to be... I started to realize that you could hang out with people to watch TV mm. as an event, so I remember specifically, like, Amanda's show was on on Saturday night, so I'd go to my friend's house down the street and we'd watch it together. Yep. And it was, like, a thing we did. So I thought that was worth mentioning. When I slightly aged out of Nickelodeon, but not quite, Fox Family was also there. And that got real weird. Real, real weird. <laughs> they played a lot of, like, Seventh Heaven reruns. Yep, yep, yep. Gilmore Girls, uh... There was a show called State of Grace that I was really into. Oh, Yeah. Which had two people who were on Arrested Development later yep. as, like, the main actresses. I was super into that, and my parents approved of it, so that was great. Um, <laughs> it was very, very uh, wholesome. There was some real fucked up shit that I found the other night that I'd forgotten about, or, like, pushed out of my memory. Uh, do you remember Angela Anaconda? Vaguely. That was fucked up shit. Really? Yes! It was these black and white photos of, like, faces on cartoon bodies. Oh, no, thank you. It was really, it was weird, but that was on sometimes. They had some stuff like S Club 7 as well. Mm. Wildfire was a show about horses that they had. <laughs> More in like high school time frame. There was stuff like, I watched TRL when I got home every day. Laguna Beach, like the original first two seasons. Yep. Degrassi, Instant Star. Those were like on whatever weird channel Degrassi was on. <laughs> you know, I never saw Degrassi. Really? Yeah. I only watched, like, one generation of Degrassi, but <laughs> I was into it. One Tree Hill was a big deal for me because I did not watch the OC. I watched One Tree Hill, and it was important to decide, just like it was important to decide if you were in sync or Backstreet Boys. Yep. I saw Tyler Hilton in concert, and he signed my ticket. <laughs> I still have that ticket. Is that, like, your favorite celebrity story? <laughs> <laughs> I only have 
have so many, okay? <laughs> um, and then my last thing I will mention is super pertinent to this day in my life. <laughs> I was into, like, heavily into Everwood on the good old WB, which was where I learned about Chris Pratt, which is where I learned about Justin Baldoni, which is where I learned about Gregory Smith, who I'd actually learned about in Harriet the Spice, so that's a lie. <laughs> It was something that I watched, like, with my mom. So it was, like, a show that we could bond over. Aww. Which was, like, nice to have. We both cried the whole <laughs> series finale, like, straight through. <laughs> um, it was really great. It was super, super wholesome, again. But I loved it, and I still love it. And it is now streaming on CW Seed. Nice. How's that for a non-sponsored sponsorship? <laughs> So, if you want to learn things about me and my formative media, go watch some yeah, other on there's CWC. stuff there, probably. For sure. <laughs> uh, that's really, really funny. So, that's my real long list. So, I'll like leave it. the armchair psychology to you. <laughs> well, I guarantee that my list is longer than yours, so don't even worry about it. All right. So, yeah, like you, I have sort of the Nickelodeon Cartoon Network stuff on here, so... All the after-school stuff, SpongeBob, Fairly Odd Parents. Um, I mentioned mentioned it as being part of childhood, but it carried over into middle school years because it was on Cartoon Network late at night, and I was a night owl in high school. So like Dexter's Lab, Ed, Ed, and Eddie, which I hated, but mm-hmm. it was like constant in my life. Courage the Cowardly Dog, which I've mentioned freaked me the fuck out. Yeah. Um, and similar to your story about, like, going over to your friend's house and watching The Amanda Show, these were things that were always on in the background as, like, white noise during sleepovers. And it was, like, you know, part of the experience of being a teenager with a TV in their bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> so there was those. And those are sort of on the, like, stuff I watched a lot list. So it's stuff mm-hmm. that was present but not necessarily impactful. Then under, like, stuff I liked – There's a bunch of dude movies. So there's like Wedding Crashers, Idiocracy, Dude, Where's My Car? (laughs) Um, I've mentioned before that I went through through a phase that culminated in my brief obsession with Will Ferrell, where I was really into dude movies. Yeah. And I I think it was like me rebelling against rom-coms, because as we've said before, like this was during the heyday of rom-coms, the Mm -hmm. peak rom-com. And... As a teenage girl, like, that was really the only thing that was made for you. Yeah. And so I think, like, that was my way of rebelling against it, was being like, oh, well, I'm going to go watch White Chicks for the 4,000th time and pretend (laughs) that that makes me edgy. Right. So, you know, problematic faves. You know. Um, I was also really, really into Aaron Brockovich. I had that movie on, I want to say I had it on a VHS, and I watched it, like, constantly. It's a great movie. That's a great movie. And she's, like, a badass lady, mm-hmm. which is a recurring theme in my life. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? So then if we scoot over to the stuff that's stuck category, there's two Will Ferrell movies in particular, Anchorman and Talladega Nights. We've talked about why those are important to me, so I won't go yep. into depth. But even aside from, like, life milestones, there were things there that um, grounded those movies for me. Mm-hmm. There's Almost Famous, which is a Cameron Crowe movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, is it? (laughs) Not to be confused with Russell Crowe, who's a completely (laughs) different Crowe. 
a crow by a different name. <laughs> um, and so this movie is about a, like, 15-year-old boy who accidentally ends up touring with a band and writing for Rolling Stone magazine. And it's very loosely based on Cameron Crowe's experience writing for Rolling Stone magazine and touring with The Who. Yeah. And so it's full of, like, biographical Easter eggs. It's a really good movie for general trivia, uh, aside from, like, Cameron Crowe's life, because there's, like, a whole bunch of random cast stuff and, like, whatever. There's good trivia. And it's set in, like, the 70s. And I mentioned last episode that when I was a teenager... And I don't know if this is true everywhere or just where I was, but it was, like, cool to be into, like, classic rock, Mm -hmm. particularly of the 60s and 70s. And so there was, like, some cachet that came with this movie. For sure. Kate Hudson also plays, like, everyone's favorite manic pixie dream girl. Yeah. Who was, like, my style icon for a long time, even though I, like, never achieved it. (laughs) I don't know if I'm laughing more at that being your style icon or more at, like, picturing you trying. To yeah, right? Um, <laughs> trying to emulate I mean, like, it. the first time that I realized that I couldn't get my hair to curl and I would never be able to pull off a crop top, like, that dream died. But... I was thinking more of, like, the flowy, feathery vests. Oh, yeah, no, I was there for a period of time. You didn't know me back when I was a hippie, but that happened. Yeah, that's true. I owned a lot of peasant skirts at a period of time. Oh, boy. Yeah, so... Almost Famous is interesting to me because, as I mentioned last episode, That Thing You Do was an important movie for me growing up, and those are both band movies, and sort of have some, like, similar ups and downs. Yeah. Like, similar types of soul-searching and similar themes about fame and friendship and what's real and what's fake and whatever. So I feel like it's interesting that, like, my formative years are bookended by two band movies. Mm -hmm. Let's see, what else do we have? Elf. Which sounds ridiculous, but that was, like, an incredibly important movie to me and still is. I watch it year-round. Also a Will Ferrell movie. Shut up. Um, I saw that movie, like, three times in theaters, and one of the times uh, one of my friends lost a tooth. Oh, God. (laughs) Which was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) She was old enough to be losing teeth naturally. It was fine. Okay. She's, like, four years younger than me. Oh, God. Uh, Uh... Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy uh-huh. was incredibly important to me for a long time. I've still never made it all the way through the book series. The whole series. I've made it through the first one. But Douglas Adams taught me a lot about humor, mm-hmm. uh, particularly when to step off. And that movie was super important to me. Juno was wicked important to me because it hit at a time when, like, the faux indie movie thing was big. Yeah. And it was cool to be indie. It was, like, the birth of the hipster. Yeah. And so there again, as with, like, most other things in my life, I sort of grabbed onto it and was like, this makes me edgy and cool. (laughs) Um, But that was a good movie. I don't know. There's, like, a few others on here, but they kind of hit on the same stuff. The last one that I think is, like, different would be Green Day's American Idiot. Mm -hmm. And I point this album out because... It, in my mind, is, like, single-handedly responsible for my political awakening. (laughs) Which I know how silly that sounds, but I remember the day that I found it on iTunes. And, I like, listening to the title song, American Idiot, and looking up the lyrics. Because at the time, I, like, I saved Word documents of song lyrics so that I could have them to copy and paste into my AOL away messages. Mm -hmm. 
And so, like, looking up the lyrics to get ready to do that and then finding, like, news articles about how Green Day was protesting the Bush administration. And, <laughs> and that was, like, where I learned about pop rock and how pop – or pop – punk rock, sorry, and how the whole point of punk was protest and, like, go down the rabbit hole as you will. Sure. And that was also at a time when I was listening to, like, Simple Plan and Avril Lavigne. Yep. And thought that made me cool. And then I realized, like – just how capitalist the pop emo scene actually was and <laughs> how they just like represented the man but like green day was real so real <laughs> so so real so so real and from there like you know that all sounds trite and silly but you know it was like the series of questions in my mind so like why are they protesting the bush administration through music and then like finding news articles and this was like when enron was collapsing and everything was going to shit real fast. Yeah. And, you know, I went down the rabbit hole of reading all of those news articles, and then I started keeping up on the news, because at that point I was invested. Mm-hmm. And it's become a thing, and has shaped a tremendous amount for me in, like, a very reactionary way. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, so I mentioned before that I had pulled out a list of common themes. Yep. And it hasn't changed much since last time. The difference is that these are obviously older movies, uh, like made for an older audience, that is. Yeah. So the common themes of like self-discovery and meaningful relationships and construction of identity and stuff like that is laid out in a way that would not have been appropriate for me as a child. (laughs) So that's really the big difference. But this was a time for me in media consumption where like, not only was I consuming stories about creating your identity and, like, what it meant to live that identity, but I was using those particular pieces of media to define who I was. Yeah. And, like, you know, armchair psychologist at the ready, I remember specifically, and this is probably true for everybody at this age, but people used to, like, specifically label themselves as whatever high school stereotype they wanted to be, to the point that they would put it in their AIM profiles. So it would be, like, you know... All of the, like, tildes, asterisks, prep, or, like, whatever. Yeah. And I never knew where I fit in the WB-style high school Mm -hmm. uh, stereotypes. And so for me, a lot of what these movies and music and media were was, like, me trying to figure out, like, according to all of these texts, these are archetypes of humans, and I am none of these particular types. Yeah. Which I think also, like, sparked my interest, especially in college as I started actually studying media for real, sparked my interest in representation. And which is why I, like, reacted so strongly to Jane the Virgin. Mm-hmm. And why I talk so much about, like, what it feels like to see stories actually represent me in particular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot here. And then a lot of a lot of things around, like, friendship themes in particular. And as may come as no surprise, like, a lot of things I've been attracted to over the years are depicting unconventional relationships, be they family or friendship or romantic. Like, there have been very few texts that I have engaged with that are about traditional anything. Yeah. Which I think is, it's partly where I come from and partly who I've decided that I am. hmm Perhaps by engaging with these particular texts (laughs) life imitates art imitates life or something Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah 
I have, like, three more thoughts I'm going to chime in. Sure. Mostly because I forgot them, but they kind of tangentially relate to what you were talking about. Good. One of them is that, well, I mentioned in last week's episode that all the music I listened to was movie soundtracks. Oh, yeah. And this was the time when the WB went, like, all in on their TV show soundtracks, and then they yep. get bands to play, like Tyler Hilton, get to play on their TV shows, and it was a big deal. So One Tree Hill was, like, where I got all of my music for all of high school, <laughs> and this was during the time of, um, like, Kazaa and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And LimeWire, so you yep. could access everything you could ever want. Including all of the viruses. Oh, yeah, but it really opened up the world of music to me. By way of, like, Dashboard Confessional and things like that. Mm -hmm. So that show was super important to me from, like, a music perspective. And it was rough. It wasn't good music, but it was music. (laughs) (laughs) At the time, it was important. And the other thing I was going to mention that is important to understanding me as a human (laughs) is that around this time, I got a TV in my room, finally, Uh with a cable hookup. And I insisted on getting one that had a built-in VHS player, uh-huh. specifically so I could record every episode of everything that I liked. Oh, it's smart. For posterity. Not so I could watch it on a time shift, but for posterity. Right, right. So before there was a way to, like, binge and stream content... Before DVDs existed. <laughs> yeah, I was binging and streaming... My VHS recordings of shows, which is, like, a whole level of sad. I When I finally moved out of my parents' house, I threw away, like, a full garbage bag of, like, 150 VHS tapes. I feel like that was a mistake. Yeah, but you can't play them on anything. And it was, like, when the Harry Potter movies came out, I used to record all their, like, e-news <laughs> coverage. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was a sickness. It wasn't okay. It was a sickness. And, like... I have all the Everwood DVDs now, so I probably don't need my tape recordings of them, too. I just feel like there's someone out there who someday is going to pay, like, big money for that. Oh, my God. I hope not. But, yeah, I used to, like, make my parents buy me the 20-pack of blank VHS tapes at BJ's when we went so I could record That's so funny. (laughs) It was real weird. I was a weird kid. But it explains why I'm such a completionist at this point. (laughs) Yeah, and and for me, like, this list doesn't even get into, like, the music I was listening to, but I was alluding to this with my whole speech about that thing you do in Almost Famous, but around the time that I discovered Almost Famous and became a hippie instead of, like, a poppy mo-punk or whatever, Mm -hmm. I wasn't allowed to shop at Hot Topic, so I wasn't really allowed to live out that part of the dream, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I got really into music and like indie folk music and classic rock in particular and started playing the guitar and whatever and like I had a wristband the one and only thing I ever did buy from Hot Topic in a moment of teenage rebellion Uh, I had a wristband that said music is life (laughs) so I was I was like that that teenager Uh, like I used to bring my guitar with me to like my friends houses so that I could play during sleepovers because like you had to keep practicing you know I just want to reiterate how happy I am that I met you in college. <laughs> yeah, I really evened out fast in college. I'm so, so happy. I don't know what happened to me in my senior year of high school, but I evened out real fast. I've never once seen you take out your guitar to show off your skills. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like playing in front of people. 
It's possible I learned a thing or two during that time. Thank God. Thank God. I may or may not learn from feedback as it's presented to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, like if you go back through Facebook, there's all these old pictures of me taking selfies on my digital camera with my guitars. Oh my God, remember that time? Yeah. Like, those were my MySpace photos. It was, like, me and my guitars. So, yeah, yeah, like, say nothing of all of the the bands and music that defined me at the time. But that was, like, the other major important thing. (laughs) So, I feel like we've learned a lot about each other now. We have. I think it's interesting to look at because, like, you know, I mentioned this last week, but I did take a little bit of time to color code things that have been formative in my adulthood. There's, like, a couple of random things because they have memories associated with them. But in terms of, like, things as instructional texts, I've landed with Parks and Rec and Jane the Virgin as being, like, the two things that define media consumption in my adulthood. hmm And I think it's an interesting culmination because if you look at it as an arc from where we start in early childhood yeah. and what I was watching and interested in then. So let's pull Anastasia as, like, <laughs> the one constant there. And you go through, like, all of my horrible phases where I thought Joe Dirt was funny, and you end where I'm at now. Yeah. I, I think it, like, creates a, a full portrait of, like, what has remained important to me over over time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I see that in some ways for me, but probably not as clearly. I know we talked about that last week, too, but, yeah. like, Everwood and Friday Night Lights are very similar, but yeah. different. But, like... Very similar. I have noticed, and I, I know we talked about this, like, briefly, but I haven't put any thought towards it, but I'm, I've always been very into stories about small towns. Yep. And communities, and I don't know, like, if that's a thing or not at all, but it's just a weird, like, through I mean, line that be. I've noticed. You're pretty into the towny vibe. I am pretty into the towny vibe. It's funny to me because, like, I mean, we're both New Englanders, and so, like, small town means something different to us in general than it does to, like, people in other parts of the country. But then that definition is even more different for the two of us. Yeah. But because of the personality of where you're from in particular, (laughs) (laughs) I can see how that plays. Yeah. And I was always really into stories about people who leave where they come from, Mm -hmm. um, which I did actually for a brief period of time. Oh, that was a tough time for me. That was a... <laughs> I mean, talk about how that personally affected me. It's not about you okay, but for four of the five years, I was with you. So you're right. You're right. It was just that one year. Oh, that one year. A lot of things happened that year. It's true. I think our friendship was fully formed that year. Yeah, we should. That that would actually be an interesting thing to explore sometime. Oh boy. But yeah, that that was the year that we discovered uh, multi-platform communication. it's one of our greatest gifts we perfected a 24-hour system we did (laughs) yeah so that was stuff that was important to us um if you have any thoughts if you want to play armchair psychologist and try to figure out what you think you know about us now or if there are stuff that was formative to you that you want to share you can find us on twitter at hate watch with us or send your personal stories to us to our email Watch with us at gmail.com. Yeah, we're curious. We're super curious. <laughs> All right, and also if you were crying about the Everwood reunion that I didn't actually bring full circle when I mentioned it. Oh, yeah. Guys, an Everwood reunion happened this week. <laughs> and Kelsey sent me a red alert. <laughs> it wasn't, it was just for me. It wasn't even for Kiersey. It was just like yeah. I was having a moment. No, but it, it was a full on little Sebastian news bulletin. 
It was. <laughs> but anyway, if you're also having feelings about that, please contact us. I want to talk about it with you. Kelsey wants to talk about a lot of things, guys. I do. You should be our best friends. <laughs> we can talk about so many things. You can also find additional content at our website, heywatchthis.tumblr.com. So lit. That was the last one. So, so lit. <laughs> that was it. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm going to hit start on the timer. Okay. I'm paying my Fed loan, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I ruined your timer. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> you